Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I love or hate counterfactual uh, discussions. Uh, I mean, they're kind of fun sometimes, but they're mostly stupid. What's that mean? Counterfactual. Well, if this didn't happen, what would have happened? You don't know. But people like to engage in that. Um, a perfect example would be, and I heard this discussed the other day, what if Trump had won? Because he almost did, you realize. What if Trump had won? Would everything have been completely switched around 180 degrees on vaccines? Because you'll remember... Kamala Harris, the sitting vice president herself, said, I'm not getting that vaccine with Trump and rushing it through and everything. Would everything be completely spun around on vaccines? Would it be, and and it fits more neatly with the lefty crowd. You already had the, within the, whatever they say, within a hundred mile radius of uh, Whole Foods is where you're going to find the most (laughs) anti-vaxxers. Right, yeah. Uh, you already had that head start for the left. So I just think if Trump had won, you'd have lots of Democrats still citing all kinds of anecdotal evidence as to why the vaccine is not safe and why you shouldn't take it. And uh, people on the right would be maybe running out to get it because uh, Trump was pushing it. I don't know, but I could certainly wow, if, if Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or somebody could give me a ride to a parallel universe where I could take a look at that, I would love to, because that's a great question. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's another one. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Masks turn Democrats into uh, favoring school choice. This back-to-school season is filled with uncertainty. Public school districts are dealing with delays, disruptions, disagreements, and demands from teachers' unions. At the heart of many disputes, of course, is whether schools should require all students to wear masks. Some states are in legal battles. We've been talking about that. Texas, Florida, etc. A recent Axios-Ipsos poll found that 69% of adults support mandatory masking in schools. Almost 70% of adults nationwide support mandatory masking in schools. Hmm. If you're wondering where you are on this topic. It's pretty polarized, though. 92% of Democrats and only 44% of Republicans. So almost every Democrat, 44% of Republicans. The good news is we might find some unity amid such division. A nationwide poll by another group found that 79% of respondents with an opinion support allowing families to take their children's taxpayer-provided education money to a private or home school if their public school doesn't mandate masks. Oh, my Lord. 80%. I know. Isn't that amazing? Surprisingly, Democrats favored this school choice proposal more than Republicans. So this this is a counterfactual being played out. Republicans, who are usually in favor of school choice, liked it less than Democrats, who are almost always against school choice. So I'm sorry, was the story phrased to to be about masking? Specifically? You mean the, the poll question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Because I, I find it extraordinary that all of a sudden uh, Republicans would not be in favor of school choice. Uh, oh, yeah, well, it was around. Story. It was, yeah, the question was... Um, would you, do you think that your family should be able to take your children's taxpayer provided education money to a private or home school if your local school doesn't mandate masks? Okay. Okay. So and just 82% just keeping... of Democrats said yes. So just so this is infinitely clear to everybody, when the question about school choice is asked and it is uh, because 
many times, poor neighborhoods, black kids, brown kids, are getting a crappy education, and they're trapped in a school where the teachers' union won't allow progress and the rest of it. And you say to the Democratic Party, shouldn't those parents be able to take their kids somewhere else where they can get a quality education? The Democratic Party tells you, go to hell. But if you make it about masking, all of a sudden it's, oh, that's our sacred right. Yes, we should be able to move our children. If affluent Buffy and and, and Jimmy, uh, Buffy and Chad... Aren't, uh, you know, their school, mean Ron DeSantis has said, that, no, you're not putting on a mask. Then it's desperate time for their uh, their advanced degreed parents to get them out of that school. But if it's poor kids getting an SE education, they don't give a crap. Unreal. Well, and as we've talked about for months, a lot of the whole masking thing, maybe less so during the Delta, but certainly before that, a lot of the masking thing is just a virtue signal. It's just a, I'm wearing a mask to show that I'm anti-Trump and on the side of this crowd. Uh, I'm not wearing a mask to a certain extent to support this other side. Um, there is a lot of that around masks. So this isn't even really about masks. It's, I, it's, it's just, well, I heard the evil Republican in Florida is not letting schools have masks. So I'm all for being able to go to a school of my choice because it's Republicans that push this sort of thing. We're so crazy around this tribalism around these issues um and there, there's well, been polling done over the years a bunch of experiments have been done where if you flip the script on people who don't know any better if you claim republicans support this or democrats support this even though if you're politically aware you realize that those don't fit nicely um people will change their opinions to a great extent mm-hmm. yeah you i was know. just going to say i think what this illustrates maybe better than anything is how shallowly reasoned a lot of people's uh, yeah. political opinions are. Exactly. So, I, I don't know, maybe that's good news. Maybe the Democrats will stick with uh, school choice being a good idea beyond just masking. But Well, right. I, I think an adept politician, and there are a few of them on the Republican side these days, not none, but not enough, uh, maybe down the road they can say, hey, now, you remember you were shouting about school choice for masking. Well, we want it for parents of poor kids in particular who are getting a crappy education. Their kids are getting a crappy education. So you're in favor of school choice, right? Because we were just talking about that. Maybe there can be some inroads made. Because, you know, for me, it's not a, some sort of petty little victory. It's a question of getting kids a good education and breaking up the monopoly of the teachers' union. Keeping in mind that some of the great philosophers have said of all monopolies, one of education is the most evil. Mm. So, yeah, I would just, I would love to see that shaken up. I would love to see little kids, particularly poor little kids, get a better shot at a, at a good life, a good American life. How about the fact that 70% of Americans think schools should be able to mandate masks? Almost I, all Democrats and 44% of Republicans. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not shocked by that because the conventional wisdom has been that masking really helps. Uh, I don't buy that it helps a lot hmm. in I'm, the real that's, world. That's interesting. I'm not even thinking about the efficacy of masks. I'm just thinking about, uh, freedom aspect of it. I like the idea of a local school getting to choose based on what the local community wants as opposed yeah. to a governor or a president deciding it. Right, right. The people who disagree with you would say, well, that denies the choice of parents. 
you're giving too much power yeah. to the school board. But, you know, I get I don't, we can go around in this circle over and over again. And then we get into how well masks work or don't work. And then we get into, uh, you know, the vaccines and, and, and uh, herd immunity and the rest of it. And frankly, I can't talk about it for another second. No, no, I can't either. I can't either. I uh, just thought it was a interesting development. Oh, that, oh that's that so cool many Democrats now. crazy. That's great. I know. I know. I know. It's amazing. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. And Getty Show. So there are so many things we want to touch on. This is not Joe closes his tabs, but it's a little bingo, bango, bongo. We both have got a bunch of stuff to talk about, so we're going to move fairly swiftly. I found this story kind of interesting because I'm a football fan, but just as a human being, I think it's interesting. The NFL Players Association has their incredibly manly panties in a bunch after Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer said that vaccination status factored in the team's roster decisions. Hmm. He was he was talking about a handful of players, including defensive end Josh Allen, who missed one week because of protocols. He's not vaccinated. He doesn't have the Wuhan lab fever, but because he was exposed, he had to drop out for a week. So what Urban Meyer was saying, essentially, was that if I got two guys who are roughly equal, one of them's vaccinated, so there's no way I lose him for a week just because he's exposed or, and, and I don't know the exact protocols, but, um, and I got another guy who's unvaccinated. He's a bigger question mark. He's less, he's more likely to miss time. So makes sense. Him the vaccinated yeah, guy. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense in the real world. But in that childlike, it's not fair way, the NFL Players Association has launched an investigation. I think uh, what you're going to find with your investigation is that's a perfectly reasonable attitude. No, it's like Nazi Germany making people show their papers. A quick Afghanistan-related note. There are still quite a few private citizens and congresspeople who are trying desperately to get people out of Afghanistan. They're being actively opposed by the State Department and the Department of Defense, which I find interesting. Uh, here's your Oklahoma Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen. He's tried to make his way into the country twice to get out a constituent and her four children, an American citizen. Um, at one point, he was in Tajikistan. He called the U.S. ambassador. He said, look, I got more money than I'm supposed to to leave Tajikistan because I'm going to hire a helicopter and get these people out. And the ambassador said, I'm sorry, we can't make any exceptions to the rules and regulations. So he tried again a different way. Department of Defense told him, stop, you can't do it. Wow. So I, 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 I understand there is some interest in not having a bunch of American citizens go gallivanting into Afghanistan and have to get rescued. On the other hand, you have guys like this congressman. You have special forces, former special forces guys who fought with some of the Afghans. You have people knowledgeable in the region who are trying to do the hero thing. But as a country now, we're so wrapped up in rules and regs and the official channels that we're not only saying, okay, you do it, but you're on your own. No, we're saying you can't do that. We won't permit that. Forget it. Well, those people will stay in Afghanistan until you can learn to follow the rules, son. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the feel of it. I don't like this. It's catching on around the country. Uh, now in New York City, Mayor de Blasio 
is wanting to do away with honor rolls in schools. Ah, yes, more of this diseased thinking. An effort to ban honor rolls. The new guidance warns that recognizing student excellence via honor rolls and class rank can be detrimental to learners who find it more difficult to reach academic success. Even grades can negatively influence future student performance. So any grades at all could be negative. Wow. They want to emphasize, quote, contributions to the school or wider community and demonstrations of social justice and integrity. Oh, boy. Staff should eliminate practices that penalize students who have been marginalized based on their race, culture, language, and or ability. Ability? Ability. (laughs) (laughs) So you're being marginalized on your race, culture, and language. I doubt that's happening as much as you claim. Being marginalized on their ability? That's what life is. That's pretty much what life is from the get-go. Certainly, the older you get. I realize it's it's bordering on clicheville, but uh, everybody gets an A, everybody gets a trophy, uh, nobody fails. We're not going to keep score, in fact, in sports, because that can really make people who are bad at sports. That, that sort of kind of, you know, kindergarten intellect can't deal with the realities of the world thing. Those people don't understand what damage they're doing. The One of the most important things, well... The most important lessons you learn in life is what you're not good at, so you don't waste your time on them anymore. And if you're not an academic rock star, you shouldn't have some activist principal telling you everyone has the right to go to college, everyone should go to college. You're not cut out for it. Or, go find what your talents are. I've had two experiences in my life, and I think most people have, uh, when you run into that sort of thing, is either I'm not cut out for this, I shouldn't be doing this, I'm not good at it, I'm not ever going to be good at it, or... I think I can do this. I didn't try hard enough. I need to try yeah. harder, and I can do yeah. this. Um, and I've Wait. had both of those experiences. Denying people those incredibly beneficial life lessons and experiences is incredibly cruel, in my mind. So the, It's like keeping your kid in a cage with a tarp over it so they can't see reality. Jeez, that's awful. Um, <laughs> well, what they're doing is freaking awful, man. So I think it's... Utterly cruel. So my question is, do they believe this crap, or is it some sort of manipulating the uh, standards thing that if you don't have to have grades, you don't, you, you, you can't fail as a teacher or a school? So, I mean, is this like a teacher's union, keep employed, keep the money coming thing, or is this an ideology? They actually believe this crap. that they're So they're going to send kids out of school who get a thumbs up on contributions to school or the wider community and demonstrations of social justice and integrity. And I, as an employee, are going to hire them because I understand you contributed to your school and social justice. I won't worry about whether you're capable of reading or writing or doing math for this job. Right. That's the idea. In answer to your question, it's the usual answer with these things. You have the evildoers, the teachers' unions, for instance, that are intentionally eliminating all standards so they can never be appraised. And then you have the useful idiots, the ideologues who just think that sounds wonderful and rosy and will lead us to a utopia, and they enthusiastically support uh, that sort of thing. Oh, which reminds me, speaking of hiring, so I uh, got word the other day, and I'm surprised it took this long, but several days ago, uh, a week at least, a uh, house on my street uh, got uh, burgled. And uh, we don't have a lot of crime where I am. It's just it's just the sort of place where, I don't know, we don't have a lot of crime. Um, turns out the pool guy next door to this burgled house saw the couple leaving and thought, in the next house, 
Oh, a little low-hanging fruit there. Don't mind if I do. Looks like a little burglin's in order. And so this pool cleaner guy burgles the house. Turns out he's awaiting trial on armed robbery charges. But he's out on the street because of the vid. Mm. And apparently, uh, this is a guess because I haven't talked to the, the pool company in question, who I will not name. They're so desperate to hire anybody to squirt chlorine in your pool, they hired a guy who's awaiting trial on armed robbery charges and or (laughs) California law. That's right. You're not allowed to ask questions like that anymore. You're not allowed to ask about arrests and convictions. So, hmm. Wow. Wow. So you got armed friggin' robbers. Cleaning pools in your neighborhood. So Fabulous. I haven't been to your neighborhood. I'm assuming you stole something like dressage saddles or something like that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Dressage saddles, gold bars. <laughs> gold, gold bars. <laughs> Silk upholstered sofas. What are those expensive eggs things? The like, Oh, the uh, Fabergé eggs? Yeah. Just the dozens yeah. of Fabergé eggs. That's what they stole. Well, he wasn't going to get them mine because mine are locked in the trunk of my Rolls Royce. <laughs> <So> <laughs> good luck, pool boy. Keeps them safe from everyone. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the Washington Post's editorial board piece taking pretty big swing at the uh, the way this all unfolded. America's leaving thousands of people behind in Afghanistan. This is a moral disaster. Writes the Washington Post editorial board. Wow. A moral disaster by the current administration. This is a moral disaster, one attributable not to the actions of military and diplomatic personnel in Kabul, who have been courageous and professional, but to mistakes strategic and tactical by Mr. Biden and his administration. They lay it all at the feet of Joe Biden and his administration. This moral disaster. Well, as you know, the the previous administration uh, had a deal I was locked into. I guess the Washington Post hadn't heard that. I don't know if you uh, followed the Washington Post over the last four or five years, but they were uh, they they were all day every day, you know, uh, with making crap up, beating up on Trump, and just I'm so happy that some of the big uh, publications have regained their footing as speaking truth to power. But man, they're taking on uh, Biden pretty hard on that. The fix, that's their uh, analysis there in the Washington Post, their analysis page. The Biden administration's increasingly muddy denials on giving the Taliban lists. That's that whole story. The administration initially offered more carefully worded denials, but it has edged closer to a full one, even as new reporting contradicting it landed Sunday. That's the idea that we were handing lists to the Taliban of people that had worked with us or have American passports. And the it, that, those reports came out. Then the administration flat out denied it. Then over the weekend, the Washington Post and the New York Times seems to have confirmed it. So again, muddy denials from the uh, from the administration on this. And then finally, and I want to read this whole thing. I just came across it last night, and I I missed it over the weekend. The long story: surprise, panic, and fateful choices. The day America lost its longest war, and it's about the weekend. It's just two weekends ago, right? It's amazing. It seems like it's been months, but it's just two weeks ago that if you were following it like me, oh, my God, they've just taken a capital. Oh, my God, they've taken work. Oh, my God, they're halfway across the country. Oh, my God, they just took Kandahar. Oh, my God, on Friday, it was they're 60 miles from Kabul. You wake up on Saturday, they're 30 miles from Kabul, and then they're in Kabul and have taken over the country. 
in that six days. And that was an amazing thing to follow. And they've got a long um, uh, explanation of how that all went down. Talking about how surprised the administration was and Americans were, Afghans were no less astonished by the speed with which their government crumbled. Even the Taliban was surprised. I tweeted that yesterday. The Taliban themselves had to be shocked that they ran across the country in a week and walked into Kabul the way they did. Back to the Washington Post. In both countries, the United States and Afghanistan, those who had dedicated themselves to keeping the extremist group out of power through decades of violent insurgency agreed on one thing. Had it not been for a few fateful choices that Sunday in mid-August, it all could have gone very differently. A spur-of-the-moment decision by the president to escape the country based on apparently incorrect information supplied by his advisors was the most consequential. Once again, laying the final fall of Kabul at the feet of decisions made by the Biden administration. Uh, later, the United States had one last chance to challenge Taliban supremacy in Kabul, but opted to focus squarely on getting its people out from the airport. That might have been the right decision at that point. Um, but then I just wanted to jump to this because I found it almost humorous. So the president of Afghanistan, Ghani, who now is living in Qatar with $160 million, he, according to the Washington Post reporter, and, and they, as they say in here, they've inter- they interviewed um, dozens and dozens of U.S. and Afghan officials to put together this story. Ghani, weirdly, I don't know if he lost his mind or if he was a crackpot all along. He's a professor, by the way. He is a is an intellectual technocrat, that kind of person. No oh boy. Okay. So picture that kind of guy running. So everything's theory to him. And as we were talking about on the show a lot yesterday, for whatever reason, these people don't seem to get that might makes right has been the history of humankind and always will be. And you can have all the theories you want about the way things want to work. But if a big guy in a beard and a gun shows up and wants to smash your face, he gets to dictate unless you can stop him. And <laughs> that is beautifully phrased. <laughs> That's and, one of your best. And 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 how some people don't get that is beyond me. But so according to the Washington Post, because they spend their time in the ivy towers of academia, they have no idea how humankind actually works. The day before that, so the Taliban's thirty miles outside of town on Saturday. The day before he actually ends up leaving the country, he's having meetings about some sort of economic. Um, stimulus plan that he wants to come up with for Afghanistan as soon as the Americans leave. He's having meetings about this, and people are looking around at him like, are you crazy? What are you talking about? Wow. He's walking the halls of the presidential palace talking about complicated technocrat government things, not realizing that he's about to be overrun. As the Taliban strolls to the Capitol. Absolutely amazing. So at some point, his advisors, mindful of the last time the Taliban had conquered Kabul, so Russia went into Afghanistan. They were there for about a decade, put in a government, and then got out of there because Osama bin Laden and the Taliban drove the Russians out. But the Russian government held on for three years of running Afghanistan before Mm -hmm. before the the Taliban. We didn't last near as long. Uh, the Russian government hung on, Soviet government hung on for three years before the Taliban took over the country again and marched into Kabul. And when they marched into Kabul last time, uh, they found the Soviet-backed president, disemboweled him, and hung his body from a traffic light in the middle of Kabul. Yeah. So the advisors for Ghani went to him on Sunday morning, 
That's when the Taliban's actually walking into town and said, look, do you remember what happened last time? This is what's going to go, going to happen to you. And for some reason, that penetrated his prof- professorial head. And uh, he thought, yipes, I'm, yip, I better get out of here and grabbed a hundred. <laughs> Don't fail me now. And according to some reports, he grabbed $160 million and got to the airport and left the country. But up until the final hours, he was still discussing, you know, uh, we need a new water plant out in uh, East Kabul. Wow. Wow. How crazy is that? You're right. It is tragic comic. <sighs> you know, I had heard, uh, I read in the New Yorker like a month or so ago, uh, and they were talking about how the Trump administration had left the president of Afghanistan completely out of the conversations because they couldn't deal with him. And it was being presented in the New Yorker. That was, that was a big mistake by the Trump administration to not even involve the president of Afghanistan. Well, I'm thinking now. <laughs> well, you got to admit, it seems a little odd. It does. But I'm thinking now the reason that they were dealing with him is he was living in la la land about the reality. And so they just thought, ah, we'll talk to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. wild. Anyway, uh, the, Ultimate point being the Washington Post, as a lot of other journalists are, are laying a lot of blame up until up and and until the final hours at the uh, feet of the Biden administration. So I, I forgot to reprint our sound clip. Do we have the the key clip of the day, the short version we opened the show with? Go ahead. A commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And if there are American forces, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. So uh, we, we edited that out. Uh, we edited part of that out where George Stephanopoulos says, and uh, what about the people who are left? And Biden says, yeah, we'll stay till they get out. Even if well, we have to stay past the 31st? Even if we absolutely. have to stay past the 31st? Unequivocal. Well, Department of Defense spokesman John Kirby yesterday said, uh, we don't anticipate a military role in trying to get additional U.S. citizens out of Afghanistan. It's the low hundreds. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about that. That'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So uh, getting back to one of the questions you posed earlier, you were talking about the, the the outright denial of furnishing the Taliban with the kill lists, which is what they will become, and then the increasingly muddy denials, the, uh, the, the reporting that substantiated it. And, and the way all of that makes the administration look, or the way that uh, Biden pledging we will stay till they're all out, and then it clearly doesn't happen, how that makes them look, I think I understand the answer to this, but I'm disgusted by it. Why doesn't somebody say, starting with the ancient president, because of the incredibly rapid collapse of the Afghan government, which we should have seen coming, we were forced into a situation where we had to cooperate with the Taliban to save the most people. It's a highly imperfect relationship, and we wish it hadn't happened, but it did. So, yeah, this sucks. We're dealing with it. Is there no room in American politics nope. for that sort of taking responsibility? Apparently not. So you're better off issuing childlike, idiotic, face-smeared-with-chocolate-that-wasn't-me-in-the-cookie-jar-style denials. That's better politics? I guess. Yeah, I, don't I, don't that. I don't get that. That picture is something, that uh, green night vision picture of the commander of the 82nd Airborne being the last guy to walk on the plane, the last soldier on the ground after 20 years of doing whatever we were doing. That is some picture. 
Yeah. And Lieutenant General or Brigadier General, he's some sort of general with a rifle in hand, full battle rattle, last guy off the ground. Not a good ending. Not a good ending. Uh, this being reported, Taliban has arrested the top Afghan cleric who spoke out against the insurgents. He will probably be killed by the end of the day, as was uh, that folk singer. I tweeted that story out yesterday. Some popular folk singer in Afghanistan, because they don't allow music there. They went to his house, uh, arrested him, and killed him. Shot him right there. Talked to him for a while in his house with his family, then just shot him. Because they're wow. crazy people. Because he, he was playing music, and he can't allow that sort of thing. I know they executed a leading comedian. Nice folks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some of you would say, and I might say along with you, there's lots of countries where they do that sort of thing. We're just not talking about it today. We don't hear about it. There's all kinds of hellhole countries where they do that sort of thing, and we don't send in troops and try to stop it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the new Eric Clapton anti-mask, anti-vax song. Listen to a little bit of it. You know, I haven't. Yeah, go ahead. I knew that something was going on wrong when you started laying down the law. I can't move my hands. I break out in sweat. I want to cry. Can't take it anymore. So that, just because I've read about it, uh, that uh, I can't move my hands, I break out in sweats. When he took the vaccine, he claims he lost feeling in his hands, and he thought he'd never be able to play the guitar again. And It's hard to know. He's I read his autobiography. He's pretty crazy. So he's, yeah. he's pretty nuts. And uh, it's possible that he had that kind of a sax side effect from the vaccine or not. I don't know. But the, what I, the reason I wanted to play that is I came across some thread where uh, everybody was pledging to never listen to Eric Clapton songs again and, and wanting oh, to God's go sake. after radio stations that play them and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And just, what's the matter with you people? I'll never listen to or purchase another Eric Clapton song ever again who's with me. And then, you know. Idiots. Idiots are. <laughs> Self-righteous dopes are. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier. In Britain, they're saying, look, we got to live with this thing. Let's get back to life. A lot of countries in Europe are. Yeah, Eric Clapton. If you're vaccinated, you're great. If you're not, that's your choice. Let's get it on. Eric Clapton's more in step with his own country than he would be uh, with, uh, you know, a lot of the blue states in America. Anyway, thought that was an interesting reaction. This is also an interesting reaction. So last week, the Supreme Court said, no, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, doesn't get to say you don't have to pay rent anymore. America, they don't get to do that. Well, if people get evicted, they might find a way to a shelter. And, of course, a shelter is a poor environment. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. And they did it originally under under the guise of what Joe just explained. Um, but the time ran out on that quite a while ago. The Supreme Court ruled that, no, no, time is up. People got to pay their rent. And if, if Congress decides to say people don't have to pay their rent, that's a different thing. But the CDC doesn't get to say people don't have to pay their rent. The president went ahead and extended it anyway. The Supreme Supreme Court slapped him down. Here's the reaction from some people. The cruelty of the ruling class and its parasite class of landlords has no limits. 
<laughs> to which one uh, talking person uh, responded, I don't know, I feel like Parasite better describes someone living somewhere that isn't theirs and refusing to leave rather than the person who's victimized by their behavior. Yeah. So, well said, the my landlords friend. The landlords of Parasite. And then Robert Reich, who's one of the most respected you know, economic minds in America, UC Berkeley professor, was in the Clinton administration, whatever. He tweeted out, the six Republican SCOTUS appointees, including three from Trump McConnell, just threw out Biden's eviction moratorium, clearing the way for landlords to push tenants out onto the street. Shameful. Urge Breyer to retire. Criticize SCOTUS's loss of credibility. Expand the size of SCOTUS. He thinks this well, ruling was so wrong and so clearly wrong, they need to do the whole blow up the Supreme Court, add justices. They need to convince the liberal to retire so they can rebalance it away from the crazy right-wing fanatics. Well, I agree Robert Reich is respected, like, in Harvard and in Blue America. He's out of his mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. way left. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, absolutely. But he is, he's, you know, he's a, he's a policy thinker and maker that people listen to. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. thinks that this ruling saying that CDC, which is supposed to help us with diseases, telling landlords they can't collect rent and extend it for, like, two years makes it, I just, I don't know. I, I don't understand how you come up with these points of views. And the landlords, of course, they can just hold on to these rental properties forever without getting rent. They, they've got no financial pressures. Yep, what are you yep. talking about? Seinfeld's coming to Netflix. You know how many people like watching Friends on the streaming services? Well, now Seinfeld. All 180 episodes will be available starting October 1st on Netflix. I uh, Strangely, as a giant Seinfeld fan, I mean, I couldn't have been a bigger fan at the time, don't have much interest in watching it now for some reason. I'm not exactly sure. I will tell you this, and and I say this with great affection for the show. I loved it as much as y'all did, uh, those of you who loved it. I think Friends has aged better. Oh, no doubt. Just as classic comedy. Seinfeld was so, what's what's the word? So stylist, so styled. Of its time. Um, Yeah, of its time. And it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But it just didn't age quite as well. Really? (laughs) The toilet paper situation is back. Procter & Gamble, the largest manufacturer of toilet paper. I know I've been pooping like crazy lately. Is anybody else? Uh, no. Um, they're boosting production, operating factories 24 hours per day, seven days a week in response to the increased demand because of the toilet paper shortage that is back. I had not noticed that. I hadn't noticed it either, but I don't want to notice it. I don't want to go to the store and go to buy toilet paper because I'm down to my last just one ply, speaking of Seinfeld. Um... I don't want to go to the store and they're out. I read an article the other day that the supply chain issues are not even close to being over yet. Not mm-hmm. even close. It's going to be a long time. Well, like I said, I was at a bike store, uh, many empty bike stores across the country, and they said they were told late, to tw- early 22, maybe early 23 is when when things will be back to normal for actually having you know their flow of new bicycles coming in. Uh, I'll throw this in now since we're running out of time for this segment. Many Americans have, haven't had a day to relax in more than three months, according to a new study. I haven't, but I feel like my life is uh, different than most people's right now, but uh, I, I certainly haven't. On average, people feel are feeling overwhelmingly busy or tired three days a week. Um, talks about self-care, this and that, but the, the main headline of it is... Uh, about half of Americans haven't had a day to relax in more than three months. Well, it depends on your situation. Is that a pandemic-related thing, or is that the modern lifestyle that people have uh, adjo- uh, adopted? 
and our constant interconnectedness. Is that kind of what you mean? I can't imagine taking, certainly not a weekend, I can't imagine taking a, a, a day or even a half a day to just do whatever I wanted, like lay around, watch TV or something like that. Just can't, that's not even, I, I, I'm as likely to, uh, play in the NFL this year as to take a half a day off. But maybe lots of people's lives are like that, according to this study. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut <laughs> as, <laughs> as an empty nester. Yeah. You know, with a job that I work in the, uh, the early parts of the day. Yeah. There's a little time to relax. Mm hmm. I don't know. Has it always been this way? That's what I wondered. Is this an increase, or has it always been roughly this way? Is it self-imposed? Are we not carving out time for recreation? Keeping in mind, it literally is the word recreation. That's what recreation. Recre- it's not play per se. It's giving yourself time to make yourself whole again. Mm. That's the idea. No, better on better to be on the edge of a nervous breakdown twenty four seven. Than the recreation you talk of. Armstrong and Getty.